Hello and welcome to this edition of Henrico CTE Now. I'm Marianne McGee, joined by... Mike Roberts. Mike, this is going to be a, a great show with a really relatable story, I think. It's it's a winding road to finding your true professional passion. But there's a plot twist, everybody, that I can't wait for our listeners to hear about. But listen, first I want to remind everybody, you can always check us out on Facebook, YouTube, LinkedIn, Twitter, TikTok at the handle Henrico CTE. And for a deep dive of what's happening with Henrico Schools, career and technical education, you can visit HenricoCTE.com. Mike, Henrico CTE now is representing in the podcast universe as well, right? Yes, we are well over uh, 10,000 listeners. Uh, we are in, uh, last count was 27 countries. And uh, we we drop a new episode every other week um, to a month, and we've got over a well over a hundred episodes. So if you're in the mood for some binging over the weekend, jump on us. Now you can find the podcast on any of the uh, major podcast apps, and majority of the minor ones. I'm adding new ones as I find them. Um, but uh, please uh, check us out on your app. Heinrico uh, CT now is the handle, and you should be able to find us. Lots of stuff. Very good. I'm going to try to learn how to say hello in a different language. We had 27 <laughs> languages we need to greet people in. I could, I, bonjour. Uh, you know, I, I got that one down. We got a lot more that we have got to handle. But listen, everyone who's listening, welcome. Thank you for supporting our channel. Thank you for supporting our program and CTE. So, Mike, what I love about all of the guests you've interviewed over the years is the uniqueness of the CTE stories. Because there's no one formula. People are drawn to CTE for so many different reasons and different paths, aren't they? Yeah, it, it's, you know, as a student, um, when, you know, these are all elective programs when they get involved with the, in the CTE universe. And when they make their decision, it's all based on what they think they, their interest may be in. It could be medical, it could be technological, it could be construction. It's It just runs the gambit. And it also runs the gambit of whether you're looking to start your career after high school or start it after college. And so these programs are for anybody. I mean, I, I really wish all students got involved into a CT program. Or at least learning about it. And that's what yeah. makes this show so cool. Without further ado, let me tell you who we have joining us today. We have Mary Starr, Business Development Manager with Shirley Contracting Company with us, and the man, the CTE legend, Mr. Mac Payton. <laughs> Director of our Department of Workforce and Career Development with Henrico County Public Schools. The two of you on together is so ideal because it, it's a reflection of just how powerful an introduction to career and technical education can be, learning about it, when people learn about it, and how. So I am delighted. Mac, you told us about Mary. You you have come up with great ideas for guests over the years, and you said you got to talk to Mary. That's correct, because her story is so typical of what we find with young people every single day, trying to figure out what their why is. And, and Mary, her story just just emanated what I hear over and over again. Thank goodness she had some supportive people in her life that helped her get to this place where she's at now, where she now goes to work and loves what she does every single day. Mary, okay, listen. We talked about a little bit of a plot twist, 
But before we get to the plot twist, let's kind of start at the beginning. Um, well, tell us what you're doing now. What do you do with Shirley Contracting Company? So I work with Shirley Contracting as business development, um, which a lot of people think that's just bringing in work. But the, the difference is um, than just sales and bringing in work is it's relationships. So I spend a lot of time building relationships with subcontractors, um, other contractors. Um, but a big part of that is recruiting. So that's kind of how this conversation started with Mac. Um, you know, we're getting the work. How do we get the people? So I'm helping with that. Um, and so we were sitting down talking about the industry and how I got into it. And so that's how I ended up here today. Well, I, we're, first of all, we're just delighted that you're in the industry. We have a, another super talented person helping us further CTE. You graduated from Verina High School, correct? That's correct. All right, Blue Devils representing. <laughs> but you say you knew what you wanted to do as early as elementary school. Yeah, I think I was like 11 years old. Um, I was helping with the special needs class in, in school. A, it was helping me because I had high anxiety. So I was like, I need to do something with my time. So I would sit down with the kids. I would help them if they had any therapy or if they needed help at lunch or homework or whatever. Um, and I also babysit a family for a family, and they had a daughter that was also special needs, and her mom would do physical therapy for her. So I was like, what are you doing? And so she'd explain to me that she had to do that every day to help keep her arms and legs moving. And um, I was like, can I, can I help? And so um, at that point, I was like, you know what? I like this. I think this is something I can do the rest of my life. I didn't know anything else to do, so I just I stuck with it. I'm, I'm one of those people. I'm a little stubborn. So once I make a decision, I kind of go with it, and it's hard to change my mind. So. And so e even early in, you had an experience, and you were drawn to that experience. That's exactly right. So here's where things start to get a little interesting because you, if I'm not mistaken, took a career aptitude test. Yeah, and quite you, a few times. <laughs> you were scoring off the charts and something else. Tell us about that. So um, obviously in school we would take those tests, but even in college we did it. Even when we were in our career program, they would have us take these tests. And every time I did, I scored the highest on construction. And we would all kind of laugh. They were like, that's funny because I always like to do projects and um, you know, always did with my family. And I was like, well, I can't do a career in that. And so I never really thought anything of it. Nobody even said, you know, do you think you want to do it? And so um, I don't know how many times it took the test. And it was always just a joke. And it was never a discussion. I mean, even my parents, they're like, you knew what you wanted to do. We didn't really think to push you. So um, so did it surprise you that you were scoring off the charts in construction? It did, but it didn't. Um, I knew what I wanted. So I was like, well, that doesn't really apply to what I do. Um, but I also, you know, I grew up in you know, Verina in the country. I love being on the tractor, working in the yard with my parents. They taught me how to do plumbing, electrical, painting, you know, carpentry, whatever. But that was life skills. That wasn't my career. So they knew. They said, when you get older, if you ever live in on your own, you shouldn't have to have somebody help you with it. So that's what I was being taught. It wasn't, do you like doing this? Do you want to do this for work? And we never really thought of it. That's what we do as a family. And still to this day, you know, my mom was at the house um, painting, helping me lay tile. Um, I mean, that's just who we are. So, <laughs> Mac, I, I have to get you and Mike in on, on this. But this really, it kind of reminds me of the Mac Baton story, mm -hmm. too. Talk to us, Mac, about how that is relatable to your own story and lots of, lots of kids, actually. Well, and it's funny. When Mary was telling me the story originally, I'm sitting there thinking, wow, this is what's driving me. Historically, in my world, I was one of those people that, you know, other people were determining what I was going to do. 
and the same test, uh, career test, and I was off to charts and mechanical skills, getting ready to graduate with an engineering degree. And they said, you're right in lines with what you're supposed to do. And I'm like, yeah, what else you got? Because I'm not happy. Uh, I actually told the career counselor that, what else you got? And she said, yeah, well, you're also scored really high in education and religion. I'm like, huh? Preaching and teaching? <laughs> but I never tied the, the, the technical skills and the relationships, which she mentioned earlier, together and how that could fit together into an education. No one ever told me there was an education career that I could use the technical skills that I loved. So being it, you know, the opportunity to tie those together, and I think that's what we as educators need to, you know, find out what your passion, it's not just what you're good at, it's what you're passionate about, and then understanding there's multiple pathways in that passion. Yeah, I love that. And, you know, Mike, what's interesting about what Mary is, is, is talking about, and we've certainly heard on the show before, because people just kind of thought that that's what they did at home, they may not have really thought about transferring that to an actual career. I mean, some, some students do, but not everybody. But you can see the potential in that. Yeah. Um, when I was growing up, my dad was, he did mechanical work, and I thought that's what I wanted to do. Um, I went to, was in Chesterfield Technical Center, took auto mechanics for two years, and actually as a career did it for a few years after that. But it, 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 it wasn't something that I wanted. I didn't see myself doing that for a long period of time. And I still have those skills, but it was, for me, it was like, I guess you could say I'm one of those classical lifetime learners. I, I would see something new and go, oh, I want to learn how to do that. And, I, and not only did I want to learn to do it on the side, I wanted that to be my main focus. So I, would, I, would jump, I jumped a lot of times over the years into different careers, you know, from uh, auto mechanics to uh, went to work doing body work and painting cars and then jumped out of that to sell a house paint, did some retail, and then got into, um, did some factory work, did some, and then jumped into IT, did that for 25 years and, um, and, you know, did my stint in that. And then, uh, and I had a chance to come here and kind of, um, my, my daughter went through, um, the vet program at just at Henrico County, uh, a centers. And I was like, you know, got an opportunity to use my, uh, some of my graphic design skills and stuff I had picked up along the way when I was doing my IT. And so it's, for me, it's, it's, it, it was, it allowed me to do different things. And, and I think everybody has an opportunity to find out what they like, but also to find out what they don't like, you know, almost everything I've done, I, I didn't leave it because I didn't like it anymore. It was like, I just saw the next thing I wanted to do. And in your case, um, you had, you were on a path to be a physical therapist and what made you decide that, you know, despite the, you know, other than the tests, what made you make the leap? Like I said, I just loved working with kids. I didn't want to be a teacher. Mm -hmm. And, you know, as a kid, you, you're very limited on your knowledge of career opportunities. So I'm like, well, I don't want to be a teacher. How else do you work with kids? And I was like, all right, well, you know, I don't know if I want to be a nurse. Like, I don't mind a little blood, but I, I don't know if I can do some of the stuff they do. So this was the only thing that I could find that fit working with kids little did I know the working with kids part was going to be a lot harder to get into and the opportunities are very limited so um, even if I did get my doctorate in PT and keep moving forward the chance of me actually working with kids was very very small and that's kind of what I realized that you know if I, I don't 
you know, not that I don't like working with adults, but that's not what my passion is. And so is that when you went back and looked at, at your, you know, the, 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 the test you were taking that kept showing you off the scale in construction? No, no, no. Construction fell into my lap and it wasn't even my plan at all. Um, I graduated college with my degree in sports medicine. Um, I started applying for grad school um, and I was moving forward with it. So I got a job working as a, a tech in physical therapy. And after a couple months, I was like, this isn't exactly what I thought. But, you know, maybe it's just because of the maybe the place I'm working. I don't know. Um, and so it, I got to thinking, what else is there? And especially with a degree in sports medicine, what else do you do with it? So um, I happened to be sitting in the office and um, the manager in there, her and I became friends. I was like, what am I going to do with my life? I was like, I don't want to go to grad school. I've changed my mind. And uh, she was like, have you tried pharmaceutical sales? What is that? <laughs> so I started research. I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. And so that started the sales part of it. Um, but construction was actually down the road. I've only been in the actual construction industry for seven, eight years now. Um, but it, it went from sales. Then, you know, I met my ex-husband. He was doing landscaping on the side. So I would come home from pharmaceutical sales, take my suit off, put my jumpsuit on, and go help him in the yard. And I loved it. I was like, man, this is great. Like, my hands were dirty. I didn't care. I didn't have to think too hard. And I could make something beautiful again. And so I kind of fell in love with that. Um, and then four years after being in the pharma industry, they had a major layoff of the whole United States. So they gave me a severance package, and I took that money and bought a bunch of landscape equipment. I was like, you know what? Let's do this full-time. You know, we got nothing else planned. And so we did. I did that for about five, six years, and uh, I was like, I really like the construction and, and building stuff. We did hardscapes, and um, but it's hard working for yourself. It's exhausting. So um, finally one day I just decided to sell everything, and I got recruited to work in the equipment business. So I was like, all right, I know enough about equipment. I'll be all right. So I started learning about earth moving and man lifts and electrical equipment. And next thing I know, I'm getting recruited into the civil industry. That is that, incredible. That Mac. one thing leads to another, <laughs> leads to another. And you, and you took advantage of those opportunities. Yeah. It's, so many people just end up, you know, they stay where they're at. They're just like, oh, I don't want to try that. You know, I'm, I'm here. I'm doing this. Well, it's scary to make changes. Oh, yeah. It's nerve-wracking, especially if you don't know what the word civil means. Oh. <laughs> Well, you know, an important part of her story that we really got to capitalize on is the fact that, you know, she didn't know what she didn't know. Right. And I'm going to take a plug for a Life Ready Expo coming up next Tuesday night because that's part of what we try to do in the K-12 world now is, you know, the K-12 career experience because how do you expose a student, uh, an elementary school student to, you know, they should know what civil means. So you don't start out, you're going to be an equipment operator. You start out, do you like getting dirty? Do you like being outside? So, you know, that's really, we've kind of changed in Henrico County our approach to career planning to find out, help you learn and explore what you don't know. And so I'm glad to say that your experience as you were coming along, hopefully now for our students in school now, that we're starting to recognize that because at the end of the day, yeah, the perfect career, I've always said a perfect career has three golden points. Somebody will pay you for it, you're good at it, and you love doing it. And if those three points come together, that is the perfect career. And it's air job in the K-12 education. It's not about, you know, this is a job because none of us are in the same jobs we started out after high school. It's about that career pathway. 
I'm still in education. I think I teach every single day, but I'm not teaching electronics anymore. So, Matt, you know what? I want to talk a little bit about this approach to exposure at an early age, just what you were talking about. I love that the Life Ready Expo is inviting sixth graders, I mean, all the way from middle and high school, because it's not too early. But you're even talking and thinking about having elementary school students understand a little bit about this, because they're forming ideas as early as third, fourth, and fifth grade about what their interests are and what their talents are. Actually, ideas and also doing away with perceptions of careers, like this is a career that's for men or this is a career that's for women. But it's, you know, you've got to get away from those perceptions to get to those three golden points uh, and point people. So, yes, we started at a very young age, elementary school, exposing students to career opportunities. And it might be something from touch a truck, you know, you fire truck. Everybody loves fire trucks. So you bring a bunch of trucks up, but it can also be the Dominion truck, a fire truck, you know, you know, a dump truck, you know, all these different things. And everybody goes, wow, that's so cool. You know, when you see some of the trucks that the tires are six foot tall, it's, you know, for little kids, they're excited. And then put them in the driver's seat and say, ooh, this is fun. You know, or some kids say, uh-uh, no, I'm, I'm not. <laughs> but that's what you want to do is start open those opportunities and have people talk. When you hear someone talk with passion about what they do, people listen. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And kids, too. Mary, I, I love what you said about just the fact that it was very normal and routine for you to be able to get on a tractor, et cetera, and that your parents didn't really think, you know, maybe Mary should enter the construction industry. I bet there are a lot of parents who may observe their their kid doing a particular thing or it's just part of their household and may not think about it. What do you think, I mean, we're just kind of going hindsight here, but had you taken a CTE class when you were in middle or high school, do you think that would have changed any of your career trajectory? Um, You know, I I was thinking about that earlier. It may or may not. I really enjoyed my degree. Um, My four years of college were a lot of fun, um, but this is a whole lot funner. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Um, But, yeah, I – I work in road construction, so everybody pictures road constructions, a bunch of barrels going down the road, and, uh, you know, a guy or girl standing there with a stop slow sign, and it doesn't seem very exciting. And as I started getting the industry, because even when I was recruited, my last job was with a road, sorry, a road building contractor, um, I was like, no, I don't asphalt like that sounds terrible um but now that i've really dove in and realized what it takes to build the road the the dirt the type of dirt the stone um the mixes the science behind it building a bridge like you you're putting a lot of faith in these engineers and your contractor to build something that you can put a lot of weight going across all day every day and when you really think what it takes to get there you're like oh there's so much more to it you know it's it's a very thinkless business sometimes I feel like because you take advantage of your road that you drive down every day you notice when there's a pothole but you don't really think of what it takes to get there it's just expected and um i I wouldn't have known that until I got into it. And so I think visually letting kids see what's out there. You know, we we do the Mission Tomorrow thing um, with eighth graders, and we bring in um, a big off-road dump truck, and it's got the tires. When you stand next to it, you're the same height. 
And man, you talk about people light up. I think we get all 12,000 eighth graders at our booth. So it gets a, a little crazy, but you know, that's what they need to see. This is the kind of stuff you can play with every day. And well, and, and we, we interviewed, it's been some years ago, we interviewed, it was, at, um, it was an association for the asphalt companies mm-hmm. and stuff, and we got to interview the, the person that does the testing of the material and is changing the, the, the compounds on a regular basis and, and then comes out to the job site and is testing it, and then it's got to go back to the state, and the state's got to look at it. And it, it was very technical. It's not just coming out and sitting on the back of the truck and it goes into the, you know, it spreads it out, and then they run the roller across it, and then they're done. There's a lot to it, and there's a lot of people that touch that. Well, and I think Mary brings up another very good point. When you say road construction, Mm -hmm. everybody immediately, I've always said they go to two positions, stop, slow, (laughs) or the person sitting up on the piece of equipment looking down at the hot asphalt behind them, and they Mm -hmm. go, oh, I don't want to do that. Right. And that's what the power of this early exposure is about to see, yes, those are the things you see, but let me tell you what you don't see behind the curtain, and, and how do you... You know, how do you get there? So, well, you you've got the um, in in your company. You know, when you're talking about the, the, the what you see, you don't see the guy who's doing the repairs on the the asphalt equipment or the trucks. And the, we talked about the testing, and and there's just it runs the gamut. Then you have the people in the office who are doing everything from HR and payroll and so that. Almost every company that we talk to, it's we talk about what they do, but in a lot of cases we don't get to talk. We don't really talk about all the other you're talking your sales you know you're talking about when you're doing sales and you're doing recruiting and stuff i mean that's one of the things that is as far away as anybody could think of but when they get to hear about this i think it's very it's great for the students to, and the parents to hear these things that there are that the career isn't what they see it's the potential of so much more so mac we have a lot of parents and caretakers uh families and friends who listen to this and I think one of the interesting things about Mary's story, um, which a lot of people can relate to, is perhaps they may not be aware that an interest their kid has, just a proficiency, could really lead into a CTE pathway. So as parents are helping their child think through my next step, whether that's CTE or college, et cetera, what do they need to be aware and thoughtful about? How can parents kind of think through and help their children think through that decision? Well, I'll start with one piece of advice that my mother gave me early on was whatever you do in life, always continue to learn. And, you know, in schools, we talk about lifelong learning, but what does that look like in schools when you start thinking about careers? And when you look at our middle school programs and even elementary school, it's about exploring the interest. And I think for from a parent's perspective, you got to be cognizant and listen to your children and they say, if I like doing this, then how can, you know, how can I help them explore this interest and learn more? And in schools, we have our middle school programs are literally called exploratory programs. So you can kind of touch it and try it before you buy it, before you really jump into it. Uh, we have our summer programs that gives you that same exposure, just a quick snapshot. You know, do I like doing this? And you get to feed, and think about it as a funnel. At the top of that funnel, there's all these opportunities, and you just spin around and around, and when you pop out of the end, you got a direction. But everything in life should be, you know, high school, you start out, and when you graduate, you're at the end. 
that doesn't mean you're there. It means you're starting into that next funnel, spinning around, trying to pop out in the next pathway. And so it's very important to think about everything you're doing as an opportunity for exposure and learn from those opportunities. And as a parent, I think being cognizant and listening to what your children are saying and helping them say, it's okay. You, if you would like to be an airplane pilot, I'll help you get there. Right. But like you said, just kind of dipping your toe in. Um, you know, Mike, that makes me think about, I guess, one of the, the neatest things I think we do is the, the summer polytech program, where, where students are doing kind of exactly that. It is great to see them engaged at that middle school level, too. Yeah, the, the, the career ex- exploration that they get to do through the, the summer polytech program is, is amazing because they can come in one year uh, and take you know, carpentry. And then the next year they could come back and do it again and all the way up through um, junior, senior in high school and keep taking different ones and trying out, find out to better get a better idea of what it is that they need to learn. And, you know, one of the things that's, I think, great about Summer Polytech, it's not a huge financial investment or time investment. It's a few weeks out of the summer. And Mac, what's really cool is this is not a financial, a huge financial investment that the parents need to make. That's correct. It's a free opportunity for our students. They get to come for three weeks, transportation provided, food provided, and get to explore and play. Literally, we used to call it summer fun. Now we call it summer polytech. But really, what we're doing, we're disguising the learning by the students having fun while they learn. Mary, I, I have to think now that maybe there is just some kind of humor you and your family find to the fact that you are in construction. You told me that as a little kid you like to get dirty, but perhaps nobody thought about you being in the construction field. When you really started making that shift, how did you feel emotionally once you started getting closer to what you're doing now? Well, I felt like everything finally started making sense. Um, I couldn't figure out why the things that I enjoyed, I, I didn't know how to apply it to a career. So I, the only thing I knew that fit was physical therapy. And so as I started dabbling in the construction industry, I started to realize that, you know, this is actually a lot of fun. You know, this is stuff that I did at home on weekends for fun. So why can't I do it at a larger scale? So it was it was kind of cool. And my mom could even say, you know, she's like, I see you light up when you talk about work. She was like, you can tell you're passionate about it. And she said as a little kid, she would always have to clean the dirt out of the creases of my arms because I'd get out in the backyard and shovel dirt and play out there on the tractor. And she said it's kind of funny how things have turned. And now as an adult, she feels like she needs to do the same thing. <laughs> you still come back like with like dirt creases in, in, in your pants and your elbows. I think that's a really good sign. You, um, you really took a risk in, in doing this. You took a leap. Is that the kind of advice you would give other folks who are thinking about a career change? Um, I do all the time. You know, I always tell people the biggest risk, you get the biggest reward. I said some of the scariest things I've done in my life are the things that I ended up being the happiest doing. So um, you never know if you don't try. And, you know, it's not like it's permanent. So if you try something and it doesn't fit, try something else. So um, there's absolutely no reason to feel like you're stuck. And um, I always, yeah, I encourage people, any opportunity you have, just take it because you never know when you'll have it again. Mac, the continuous learning piece, um, I think that is is actually a good um, example of some of our students who might start in the field, they decide later on, they may go to college, they, they may not. But there's no hard stop. There's no... 
um, time limit to the kind of trajectory changes you can make if you're willing to go back to school and if you're willing to spend that investment in yourself. Well, and if you think about a career, um, and I'm going to use an example I use a lot when talking with parents. I used to teach electronics. Um, and not that I'm old or anything, but VCR repair was big business when I was teaching. And if that was the skill set, if you stopped learning at that point, how many of those students would be employable in today's world? Wow. So it, it, it truly is, a, in any career pathway, it's about continual learning and, and developing new skills. Because when you start talking about the construction industry, the new techniques that are coming out, the new materials that are coming out are constantly changing. And it truly is, if you're going to be successful in a career pathway, it is continuous learning. Uh, and the more knowledge you have, the more money you'll make because of that knowledge. People who are, are passionate about learning tend to be passionate about learning on the job as well. Mary, you've, I'm sure, had to be passionate about learning even after you've gotten the job. It doesn't mean that ends. Well, um, especially when I first got recruited into the civil industry, and you know they were they're a busy industry, and so they don't always have time to train. They trusted me to kind of figure it out, and um, I would hop in my jeep and go check out construction sites. A lot of times, you know, for the sales purposes of it, and um, if they had the time on the site, I would drive into the site or walk in and ask questions, and that's how I started to understand the dirt and the utilities and things that needed to be done on these jobs. Um, and, you know, I always my friends that are getting into the industry I'm like if you don't understand it go look at it ask questions because it'll make sense you know you can't learn everything from a textbook you can do your research um, but my best learning was in the field um, and then you get to see other parts of the industry and so you may find that this side of construction doesn't work but the other side does so um, yeah I mean learning is every day and so many of these companies will pay for that continuing education as part of your benefits for working with that company. You're right about that, Mac. So, Mary, let me ask you this, because you're also kind of helping pave the way for some other folks behind you. Talk to us a little bit about the networking piece and your role in helping other women kind of come together. Well, I've definitely found that um, networking is probably one of the most important things you can do in your career. As a matter of fact, I started writing up a plan for our younger uh, crew that's coming into work, how I can help them learn to network um, and the importance of it. Um, but, you know, I have found that all, most of my jobs, once you show that you're good at something, you can get recruited. You don't always have to have your resume out there. Um, people see your skills and will say, you're going to be good for this job. And you may find something you didn't even know you liked. Um, but I have met some really incredible people, and it's moved me very quickly through the industry and in my career. And I've, you know, found ways to help people, and people can help me all through networking. And I do that. I mean, obviously, that's what I do for a living. Um, but if it weren't for my networking prior to it, I wouldn't be where I'm at now. So, um, you know, I a few friends and I started an organization. Um, it's for women, which will we'll allow the guys come in every now and again. But it's hard for women to understand when you come into this industry that, you, you know, you're not on an island by yourself. And um, so when you show up to these other networking groups, a lot of times it is a lot of men. And you walk in, you get intimidated. And, you know, I know one of the groups when you go in, it's a bunch of guys in suits and, you know, you get like a deer in headlights and you don't know what to do. So um, a couple ladies and I decided to 
start networking together, have our own group where we brainstorm on how to help each other and best practices and, you know, bounce ideas off of each other so you don't feel completely lost. Um, And so it started with three of us. We were in lockdown and we're FaceTiming, you know, talking like how we're going to do this. And now um, a couple of years later, we've got 40 some women in all different aspects of the industry. I mean, everything from uh, real estate to architecture to engineers, um, you name it. And we all get together. We help each other with work, but we just help give each other a good support system, which I think is very important um, as we're you know, women are taking over the industry. I'm just <laughs> absolutely. Well, Mike, you we you have mentioned before that you have definitely seen over the years a change in the number of women in some of these CTE fields for Henrico schools. Yeah, um, Mac can attest to the changes we've seen in the number of young women that are taking our courses and taking the non-traditional ones. And we've had some what I like to call superstars in uh, our masonry and carpentry. Um, and I was talking recently with one of, actually this was a few months back, with one of the, our business um, uh, partners who told me that one of the young ladies that he had hired through at a signing day uh, some years back was going to, he saw her running his company one day. And he was bragging about her. And, and, and he when he comes out to recruiting events and stuff, he brings her with him because he wants the, 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 the students to be able to talk to her about how what her path was and how she got to where she is today. And I think it's a great opportunity um, for young women to, to try out um, through CTE um, some of the non-traditional types of careers. Um, it, you know, just like with anybody, it's it's all about career exploration. If you don't have that, you don't know what you don't know. Exactly. And I, I do want to shout out uh, Mac Baton for this because he has, as the leader of our CTE programming, certainly made it um, an expectation that all students from all backgrounds, uh, young women certainly included, are going to be able to thrive in these environments. It's going to be a welcoming, nurturing, rigorous uh, pace for everybody but they're all going to have a shot at it. And I think we're really seeing the, the fruits of that. Mac, I also want to, to mention this has got to feel good when you hear industry partners so engaged with the mission of CTE and really engaged with the school system. It does because, you know, this is one of those things you can't do it without the help and support of the business and the industry. I equate it to a, a movie. If you're watching a movie in black and white, it's not that interesting but when you watch it in color, it becomes alive. And that's what the business and industry partners bring to that picture that we're helping paint for these students. It's more than a textbook. It's more than someone talking to them. They make it real. They make it, they, they apply the knowledge, which the outcomes for our students are, it's tremendous because not only can they see their future, but they also understand how the, what I'm learning today can impact my tomorrow. Yeah, I, it, it's exciting when we, I, I, I tell you one thing when, from the Regency Project, the industry people who were not only involved but were impressed with the, the final product just was inspiring. They were inspired. They were excited. The students were. It was just great. So super win-win all the way around. Mary, just kind of as we wrap up, I do want to get your advice for um, – Folks who are listening, maybe there's a young Mary Star who's listening to this show right now. What advice would you give for doing well in this industry and, and making your way in it? 
I'd say just get out there and try stuff. Um, look at it. Do ride-alongs. Um, you just you don't know until you put your hands on it. And um, so I say, especially on the the CTE side, um, every opportunity on the construction side, there's so many different aspects of it. I mean, it's marketing, IT, like you mentioned. Um, there's carpentry. There's concrete. So go look at it all because you never know what you're missing out on. Um, and if not, you at least understand how things are built and. Um, so you just gain a little bit more knowledge anyway. So, Well, that's fantastic. I think that's great advice to, to close our show with. I want to thank you, Mary. It's been so fun listening to your story. You. I think there's so many people who can kind of relate and connect to this. Mac, as always, thank you for your leadership. And uh, thank you for helping us put CTE on the map. Mike, thanks a lot. We get to meet such cool people together. And this was certainly another experience where I will be thinking of Mary Star the next time I ride down and see the, the stop slow. I'll think, you know what, there's a there's a Mary Star somewhere <laughs> in, in this story that perhaps we don't know about. And just to remind everybody, you can always check us out uh, at the handle Henrico CTE. Remember, you can find us on Facebook, YouTube, LinkedIn, Twitter, TikTok. And for a deep dive of what's happening with Henrico School's career and technical education, visit HenricoCTE.com. For Mary Starr, Mac Baton, and Mike Roberts, I'm Mary Ann McGee. Thanks for checking us out. We'll catch you next time.